to be able to share some words of Torah. Um, the last couple of years I've made my way to Chicago and had the opportunity to be in Ida Crown, although I think it's the first time that I am speaking for the Kolel, albeit from a bit of a distance. Um, it's a distance which I think is in and of itself very powerful, to be able to learn from different places. It's a day of unity um, in terms of what's happening in Washington. We are going to be learning about the role of unity and communal Talmud Torah, and to be able to do so in this kind of a way, I think, is, is very, very beautiful and very powerful. Um, it's uh, great to see Rabbi Spurn. He and I are close for a very long time. Uh, wishing him a mazel tov on the new, uh, his new son. And we are uh, very excited uh, for that. Um, and great. You know, you're, you're, you're lucky that you get to hear him regularly. So I apologize that you're hearing me tonight. But at minimum, uh, you know, it gives him a break from all the preparation given the new child at home. Um, what I want to talk about tonight is a very, very interesting topic, and I want to try to frame it in a way which I think is intriguing. There are many mitzvos that we do as individuals, and those mitzvos we could do in small groups or we could do in large groups. So I could, as an example, I could put on tefillin. Uh, I could put on tefillin when I'm sitting alone in my house. I could put on tefillin with 100 or 200 other, other people. There are many mitzvahs that we don't find that significant a difference between whether that is a mitzvah that you fulfill by yourself or with a large crowd. Maybe it's extra nice, maybe it feels good, but doesn't have the same kind of connotation, the same kind of increased value when you are fulfilling that mitzvah you know, in a larger group. What's interesting is I would have anticipated that a mitzvah that is similar to tefillin in that respect would be the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. The Talmud Torah is a mitzvah that a person can fulfill independently on their own. I sit in a room and wherever I am, I can learn. In fact, I think in Chazal, the Gemara is perhaps a most uh, intense example of serious and rigorous Talmud Torah does not involve a multitude of people. It involves, as the Gemara in Shabbos tells us, of Shimbar Yochai uh, sitting in a cave by himself for many years, him and his son, with a certain kind of focus and Talmud Torah. It's not done in a large group. Nevertheless, we find a variety of indications that Talmud Torah, the same act of learning, takes on a different stature. It plays a different role when you are fulfilling it as part of a larger group, when you're fulfilling it in a sense of rabbin. That emerges from a Gemara in Mesachas Megillah. I believe you're learning Megillah, uh, you know, typically, um, or at least on most, uh, on most Tuesdays. Um, so the, the Gemara there says that there are mixed messages. What is greater? Is it greater to offer a carbon? Is it greater to offer a sacrifice? Or is it greater instead to learn Torah? Like, which is more important? Which takes precedence? A lot of uh, halachic literature speaks about halachic triage. If I have two things to do, so which is more significant and which is more important? So what's more important, an act of learning or an act of bringing, of bringing carbonos? The Gemara offers the following distinction, which is a fascinating one, which is, it depends on what kind of learning. If a person learns Talmud Torah diyachid, if a person learns as an individual on my own, so that is less significant than the act of bringing a karban. Bringing a karban is gadol. It is greater. It is more powerful. However, says the Gemara in Megillah, on Daf Gimel, that if my Talmud Torah is the Talmud Torah dirabim, there's a mass of people that are coming together and they are learning, not just an individual sitting in a cave or sitting in a, in a Beit, but sitting in a, in a Beit Midrash like you all right there. There's something immensely powerful. Talmud Torah dirabim is greater than offering, offering karbanos. 
what's interesting is that you always like sometimes there's a Gemara that comes up and we have a distinction in Gemaras between the halachic sections and the agadic sections. There are sections of the Gemara that are clearly halachic. The Gemara speaks about what do I do with a lost object? And there are also Gemaras that appear to be more agadic. It's a story about, sometimes it can be a fanciful story that took place where one would not presumably learn halachas from it. So what kind of Gemara is this? Is this Gemara that establishes the uniqueness of Talmud Torah communally, Talmud Torah dirabim, with lots of people, is that something which is an agadic point? It's the need to lessen the importance of learning with a large group. But one wouldn't derive halachas per se from this. Or alternatively, or alternatively, is this perhaps a halachic statement? What's interesting is that there are a group of Rishonim and Achronim that maintain that Talmud Torah dirabim, learning with a large group, learning when you are part of a community, learning when you are part of a tzibor, that that learning is qualitatively better, it's qualitatively more significant, and one finds a variety of halachic implications, distinctions between public learning, Talmud Torah Dirabim, and private learning, a person on their own, Talmud Torah Diyachet. I will mention two. One of them is fascinating. The other is the most extreme version of this that I have found. It's a very sort of wild idea. But the first is a debate. Uh, I teach in a yeshiva. So as Spurn pointed out, we are currently hosting on our campus the Steyrot Yeshiva. Steyrot had to be evacuated from their, from, from their regular uh, place of learning, and therefore they are joining us most of the time in a different Beit Midrash, but some of the time they're, they're with us. This morning we had a very spirited and, and inspiring davening uh, with everyone from Steyrot. So what would happen if we're all learning together and it is Purim morning and we're all learning together? Would we stop our learning to hear Megillah's Esther? Would we stop our learning to hear the Megillah? So we assume, like the Rambam writes, which is, of course we would, that we always stop learning, Mivatlin Talmud Torah, we stop learning to hear the Megillah, to hear Megillah's Esther. That's the more mainstream view. There is a view, not one that we accept, but it's one that I think expresses a very powerful point of the Me'iri, where the Me'iri says, if I'm learning on my own, so then I would stop to hear Megillah's Esther. But if I am learning as part of a group, that impact of communal Talmud Torah is so great and so elevated that it would trump the need to hear the Megillah itself. So we are learning, let's say, on Purim morning. Hopefully by then, stay rote, we'll be back and stay rote. Hopefully then everything will be... Let's even say here in Chalvin, we're all learning together in the, in the base madrash. So would we stop to hear Megillah? So we assume, of course we do. But there was that shita out there, the Me'iri, that Talmud Torah de Rabin is so valuable. It is so important that it would trump, it would trump almost anything else. There happens to be, I'll, I'll make this point you know, very, I guess, parenthetically, there's a little bit of a wild statement in the... There's a... Rav Meir Simcha of Dvinsk was the Rav of Dvinsk before World War II, uh, 1920s or so. He has a sefer on Chumash, a commentary on the Parsha, where he writes in one place that he thinks that even though in general we always assume pikuach nefesh, the most important thing is to protect human life, other than three, particularly three cardinal sins, but other than that, nothing is as important as protecting human life. So he has a line where he suggests that, in fact, that's not entirely true, and suggests the Meshachachma to protect Talmud Torah dirabim. It is so critical that there be communal Talmud Torah 
that it may even be worth putting oneself in danger. We don't assume that way. Most assume, even he doesn't assume that way. Some sort of reinterpret what he's saying. But there seems to be something about Talmud Torah Rabbim, which is unique and which is powerful. What I want to try to do in the next 20 minutes or so is to really focus on two things. One is a brief halachic discussion for, I don't know, probably about seven or eight minutes, where we see this idea of the importance of Talmud Torah taking place in a communal sense. And then for the last 12 or so minutes, I'd love to speak a little bit about how this plays itself out in Israel as opposed to in America. This idea of communal Talmud Torah, I think we'll see a very beautiful idea um, that emerges from a couple different places um, in the writings of the Vilna But let me uh, develop the following idea. Rabbi Salvechik would often, as is, uh, he lived in Boston, but he gave shear in New York, as is well known. Whenever he would, there were times where he would take the morning flight in. At different stages, I think, of his life, he flew in on different mornings. But if he would fly in on a Monday morning, so the way it worked out, he often wouldn't be able to daven with a minion. Because he had to leave early enough in the morning, he wasn't able to go daven with a minion. If a person misses laning with a minion, so do I have to go out of my way to still try and hear laning? Do I have to go out of my way to try to track down 10 people? We know the Mishnah tells us you can only lane with 10 people, but let's say I dive in on my own. Do I have to try to track down a little bit a minion or, or not? This question comes up fairly often. Uh, I spurned reference, I work for a summer program, so there are times where they landed on a Thursday or on a Wednesday, which was Rosh Chodesh, and they all, the 200, 300 people that all landed in Israel, they all missed laning because they were all on a plane. So do we make it up at Mincha or do we not make it up at Mincha? Or perhaps a similar question that many of us, I imagine, are familiar with. Uh, 2020, March 2020, there was a period of time where people were not hearing laning. Is it necessary to do your best to make that all up? Or not? Or not? Is it, is it okay? The, we didn't lane then, and that's it. Or a similar kind of a question. This happens, it feels like, all the time. Sometimes, depending on when the last day of Pesach is, if the eighth day of Pesach falls on Shabbos, so Israel and America lanes different parshas for a while. Because in Israel, it ended on the seventh day, so that Shabbos is a regular Shabbos. But in America, it's still Yantif. So they're one parsha back. This happens all the time. Where in yeshiva in Israel, guys fly back to Israel. They have to figure out, do they have to make up the missed parsha or not? There are those that were stringent, or Salvatric, from his grandfather, they were stringent. The mainstream view appears to be that laning itself, Kriyas HaTorah, is only incumbent upon a tzibor, upon a group. And if I am not part of a group, I have no need whatsoever to go out of my way to make it up and to hear laning afterwards. So many like to be stringent. It's a nice thing to do. But strictly speaking, that appears to be the mainstream view. Why is that so? So there is a, uh, what, what I think is a really intriguing idea. The Gemara says in Baba Kama, how come we lane? Why do we have Kriya Torah? Why do we have to lane? So the Gemara says, we learn from the context of B'nai Yisrael and Amalek and Parshish B'Shalach that it's always good to not go three days without learning. Now, in truth, I guess, it's good to not go one day without learning, but the Gemara seems to indicate that there is a greater sort of risk that takes place to the Jewish people if they go three days without learning. So they established Kriyas HaTorah. Some wonder the following question. If we were going to establish that we could learn every three days, if we were going to establish that we needed to have a Kriyas HaTorah, that we needed to be able to lane, so here's an intriguing question. 
why did it have to be that we have to learn every three days? Why was the mitzvah one that was communal? Why was the mitzvah one incumbent upon a group? Why not say every three days a person should learn the equivalent of dafyomi, or every three days to go to a shir? Why is it that laning was done specifically with a group? And there are those who suggest, in the Sefer Iturei Megillah, there are those who suggest, because laning, whenever we read the Torah, it isn't just an act of learning. The goal of laning was to have communal learning, because communal learning is of paramount importance. And communal learning should take place, at minimum, the Gemara teaches us, every three days. That for people to come together as a community, that is a qualitatively different kind of Talmud Torah experience, of a learning experience, we're supposed to integrate, come together, to have that kind of learning, and that is the mitzvah of Kriyas HaTorah. The mitzvah is to come, to come together. But here I have a question. If we've thus far essentially pointed out that Talmud Torah de Rabim seems to be valuable, communal learning is more important, that is why, as an example, again, it's more important than bringing karbanos, than bringing sacrifices. For the Me'iri, it's more important than, than, than hearing the Megillah on Purim morning. If it's so valuable that the importance of Kriyas HaTorah, that the whole idea of laning was to integrate Talmud Torah de Rabim, a communal Talmud Torah, so I have a question that I've been thinking about the last couple of, the last couple of days, and I, and I would love to make a suggestion, which you can certainly take or leave, but I think it's an interesting one. How do we know that this is so? How do we know that learning with a group is so much better than learning as an individual? We have so many mitzvos that a person can fulfill. We have so many mitzvos that a person can fulfill on their own, and it's not qualitatively different if you do it in a large group. It doesn't change the impact that much. So how do we know that learning as part of a group was more ideal? That learning as part of a group is significantly better and significantly different. So I want to make a suggestion. I think it's an intriguing suggestion. You can, <coughs> again, take it or leave it, but I think it, it points to an interesting idea. There are two main locations, two primary locations, when we talk about the Jewish people's relationship to Torah. One primary location is Har Sinai. Mount Sinai is where we received the Torah. The second primary place where we associate the power of learning is the Makom HaMikdash. In the middle of Yerushalayim, the place of the Holy Temple, the Beis HaMikdash, that is the other place. That's where the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of Jewish law, would meet. That is where Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. The Torah tells us that it is through Eretz Yisrael, through the land of Israel, that's the most ideal place to be able to learn. Those are the two places in which there is a special value to learning, the two most central locations. They share something in common. Har Sinai, the Torah tells us prior to Har Sinai, Vayichan Sham Yisrael Neged Hahar. That prior to Har Sinai, prior to Har Sinai, Bnei Yisrael, the Jewish people, came together which means as follows. There was unity prior to the receiving of the Torah. Rashi identifies that because instead of referring to B'nai Yisrael, the Jewish people, as a group, it refers to them as one singular individual. One single individual. Vayichan. He camped there. Says Rashi, all of B'nai Yisrael was one. In that sense, as the Or HaChayim points out, one of the commentaries in Chumash, prior to receiving the Torah, we had to be one. What seems to emerge, therefore, is the, following, is the following idea. Torah, for Torah to be given, 
Torah was not given to individuals. Torah was not given to the individuals that happened to be around Har Sinai. Torah was given to the collective of the Jewish people. The most fertile ground for Torah, what was necessary for Torah to be given, was that it be given communally. That is the most ideal form of learning. In that sense, Talmud Torah derabim, every time we learn as a community, what we are in many ways tapping into is that original experience of learning at Maimon Har Sinai. That original experience of learning, which took place there. It's Talmud Torah derabim, it's communal Talmud Torah, and the community had to come together for us to be able to learn Torah in that particular way. That is the exact same thing when it comes to the Makom HaMikdash. Yerushalayim, the place in Israel centered in Yerushalayim, as the Pasuk says, Ki'ir Shechurba La Yachdav, Yerushalayim is a place that unites people. The Talmud Yerushalmi says, Yerushalayim is a place where everyone is considered to be Chaverim Everyone's friends with each other, ideally in Yerushalayim. There were leniencies that Chazal made. I was allowed to be more lenient about what kind of food I would eat in Yerushalayim in order to, Chazal instituted certain leniencies so that we could all eat together, so that we could be together. Yerushalayim is a place where shalosh pa'amim bashana, three times a year, we all unite in Yerushalayim. In that sense, the two places, the two places that are most associated, the two places that are most identified with success and with real, real Talmud Torah, those two places are also two places where there is a greater sense of Jewish unity, where there is Jewish people coming together. At Har Sinai, we became one before Maimon Har Sinai, and in Yerushalayim, that's the place we all come together. That's also a place centered around Torah. It is the Aron. It is the Aron with the Luchos that are there. Something very, very powerful. I want to try um, in the to, to just develop a little bit of an idea here about why I think this is so and to link and establish what I think is a very, very powerful idea. Thus far, we've established that Talmud Torah Durabim, Talmud Torah of a masses learning together, is qualitatively different. It's more valuable. We've made the suggestion that you see that in regards to even the need to read the Torah together three times a week, Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos. We read together, it has to be with part of a community. We made the suggestion also that this is because at both Maimon Harsinai and in Yerushalayim, in the two places most associated with Torah, it was done communally. It was done with everybody coming, coming together. Uh, I want to just go one step further for a particular idea that I think is intriguing and I think is important. The Rambam seems to develop a fascinating idea. It is one that I think we are witnessing, uh, I would claim, today, uh, taking place right now in Washington. And that is that the Gemara tells us in Mesechas Horios, the Rambam develops the idea in several different places, that Israel is not only our national homeland, Israel is the place where the Jewish people come together as a community. The Gemara tells us that only once we entered Israel was there the halachas of collective responsibility. In prior, when we were in the desert, so I had my obligation and you had your obligation. The halacha, as an example, that uh, if I already said Kiddush, that when I come home, I can say Kiddush again for someone who didn't yet hear Kiddush, this idea of collective responsibility, the Gemara tells us that that only kicked in once we actually entered into the land of Israel. Most, many communal establishments in our religion, many communal institutions can only be found in the land of Israel. As an example, 
we all thrive based on the Jewish calendar. We all thrive knowing that today, that when, uh, that, you know, yesterday was uh, Rosh Chodesh Kislev, Hanukkah is right around the corner. We all know that there is a calendar that gets established that is there. That calendar, which impacts the entirety of the Jewish people, that impacts everyone, that idea, it can only be established, it can only be done in the land of Israel. As the Gemara says in Horios, the kehila, the entity, the collective entity, the Jewish people, are found most in the land of Israel. That's where people come together. That's where we are considered to be one. The Vilna Gon has an astounding insight. It's an astounding insight that, for me at least, is, uh, is very, very moving. It is an insight which will mean that despite the fact that we are located many, many miles apart right now, that understands the Vilna Gon, we're actually located in almost the exact same place. The Vilna Gon pointed out a Gemara in Meseches Brachos. The Gemara in Brachos tells us that one of the Amorayim, that one of the Amorayim, the Gemara says that Rabbi Yochanan was surprised that there were elderly people living outside of the land of Israel. He said, how could it be? We say in Kriya Shema, we say every day when we recite the Shema, Lema'an Yirbu Yemechem, that Yirbu Yemechem Vimevenechem Al Ha'adama, that long life can only be, the Bible, Torah seems to say, Long life can only be found in Israel. So Rabbi Yochanan said, I don't get it. How is there long life outside of Israel? So the Gemara says, oh, no, you know how there is? Because there are people that spend a lot of time in shul. There are people that spend time learning. What does that mean? Wonders the Gra. What does that mean that because there are people in shul, the Torah says, There seems to be a special power if a person's in Israel, it gives you long life, whatever that long life means. Uh, it seems to give you something. So the Vilna Gon makes the following suggestion. He does this in several places in his writings on Shir Hashirim. It is a very, very beautiful idea. Says the Vilna Gon, there is the land of Israel. The land of Israel is geographical Israel. That is the only place in which, as an example, I live right near a kibbutz. This kibbutz, we had Shemitah year, a year or two, last year, a year or two ago. So this kibbutz, they didn't do any work on the land on, on a Shemitah year. My, uh, the, the person who babysits for my child, her husband, a year off. It was a nice year, got to relax a little bit. Shemitah, we live right here. That's only true in the land of Israel. But the Gras suggests, the Vilna Gon suggests the following idea. There are places scattered throughout the world in which it can feel exactly like Israel it may not have the ground that that which grows from that location is obligated in the same ideas of separating a tenth of your produce and giving it to a levy. But says the Vilna Gon, there are, places in, there are places in America, places all over the world, wherever people learn, that place has an experience of, it has in a certain sense the status of the land of Israel. Says the Gra, the following very, very beautiful idea. You know why Rabbi Yochanan understood that there could be people who would be able to be living outside of Israel and still have this power of very, very long life, whatever that means. Because long life takes place in Israel. And people that come together and people that learn, there's a taste of Israel which takes place here also. Says the Vilna Gon in an additional location there in Shir Hashirim, a very beautiful idea. Says the Vilna Gon, even Har Sinai, even Har Sinai, when Bnei Yisrael were there, Har Sinai had the experience of Israel. That when people come together, 
and they come together surrounding learning, that that communal Talmud Torah isn't just the power of community, but the communal Talmud Torah creates an Israel-like experience wherever a person happens to be. In that sense, I guess, for the Vilna Gon, we're all in Israel right now. Those that are sitting in the Ida Crown, base Medrash, are sitting there, and you are in Israel. Those that are sitting, I guess, you know, with me here, we are all, we are all in Israel. Laman It's the place of communal Talmud Torah. And says the Grah, whenever there's communal Talmud Torah, whenever there's communal learning, it feels like Israel a little bit. It feels like Jews are coming together. Because Israel is, in many ways, the great unifier. Israel, in many ways, can bring the Jewish people together like nothing else can. And when it's centered in Israel, and it's centered around Torah, so that's where we have, Vayichan Sham Yisrael, Neged Hahar, that's where the prerequisite is us coming together, where we're able to put aside our divisions, to come together in order to celebrate, in order to celebrate Torah. So by Torah. I want to just review, and I'll add just one point at the end, as we have, I think, three more minutes. The... Uh, we, 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 we spoke about the uniqueness of Talmud Torah, the Rabbim, of communal Talmud Torah. The Gemara says it trumps even sacrifices. We saw that for the Me'iri, communal learning can trump even maybe hearing the Megillah. We saw that communal learning may be so important, the Meshachachma seems to say, maybe it's worth even at times the Jewish people putting themselves in danger. Again, we don't assume like either of those opinions, but it's at least intriguing what it points to. We noted that every time we lane, our goal in laning is to come together in a communal sense and learn. Not learning as individuals, but every three days we come together to learn as a collective. We come to learn united. We pointed out that this idea may come from the fact that the most natural place, the most ideal place to be able to learn is at Har Sinai and in the land of Israel. In both of those, the Torah we learned was communal. It was all of us coming together in a way which is very, very powerful. I'll just end with a beautiful insight. I believe I heard this insight many years ago from Rabbi Moshe Tarragon. It's a very sharp and I think very intriguing, very intriguing idea. He once suggested that, you know, right before we get to Torah, we come together. And the Orachayim that we saw on that sort sheet, the Orachayim says, it was a prerequisite. Torah could only be given if the Jewish people came, came together. We had to first come together and then we could get to Torah. I believe you once suggested what is a very beautiful idea. Perhaps it is the reverse that actually took place. Perhaps it was really that once we were sitting there at Maimon Harsinai, once we saw what is most critical and most important in life, once we saw the importance of the Torah, we then came together. Because in the face of something which is so big and so critical, in the face of something which is so powerful, like the giving of the Torah, we put aside our differences because we were able to focus on that which truly matters. I think that the Jewish people have celebrated over the last month or so such a beautiful experience of people coming together. That act of coming together is a prerequisite for us to experience ideal Torah. It is a prerequisite surrounded by Torah to experience a taste of Israel wherever we happen to be. But I think for so many of us, that experience of Achdus that we have is because in the face of something big, albeit in this case tragic, we're able to appreciate that which really matters most. And Maimon Arsinai, they realized the importance of Torah and were able to put aside their divisions. Here we realize the importance of Israel, the importance of Jewish life, the importance of safety. And in that sense, what is typically many differences throughout even just the vibe when you walk around here in Israel, be it at, 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 around the street, walking into a mall or a restaurant or anywhere else, the sense of real togetherness, which comes and is generated communal Talmud Torah, 
becomes because of an appreciation for how important community is, how much we need each other, how much we benefit from being able to come together. Thank you very, very much. It's a real pleasure to be able to share Torah with all of you. Great to see Rabbi Spurn and see all of you. Um, I hope it is a good and successful experience for those that are in Washington. Hopefully our own communal Talmud Torah can do an enormous amount also to strengthen uh, our sense of togetherness and be able to allow and engender a greater sense of camaraderie that uh, hopefully can lead us to wonderful places. Thanks so much, Mr. Eski, for joining us.